Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Charge Power Hour. Rate and review us on iTunes. Maybe give us a little money on PayPal at thefullcharge.com. Maybe buy some t-shirts at thefullcharge.com. Buy my dog bark ringtone on iTunes. Or my album, This is the Part of the Job I Hate. Support us, spread the word. You know, you know the deal. But I'd like you to do it this week, okay? You know who you are. And make sure to check out our, our guest this week, Ryan Stout at ryanstout.com. That's it. That's all your homework. No big deal. You can, you can accomplish that. All right, bye, guys. I love you. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Yeah. All the bass. There it is. <laughs> no trouble. Oh, shit. DJ Full Charge, did you like that? Meet me at the it wasn't loud to me. I swiped left on the song. I tendered the song. Three dudes trying to get along. Craig Coleman and Matt Fulcheron. Don't forget to start the show. B.A. Dub, Eric Allen Wendell. This is such a Let's cool go. little background thing. Hear that? Oh. Yeah. Power hour. No, this guy's good. Fucking, you hear me mix that shit? Welcome to the Full Charge Power Hour. I'm Matt Fulcheron. I got Craig Coleman here. Yeah, man. I got the number one party animal, Ryan Stout, on my Hi couch. Hi there, everybody. <laughs> And um, people look up pictures of me. They're like, "Well, he does look like a party." He's animal. a party animal. <laughs> look at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. When he finishes his stock portfolio, yeah. he he probably tears it up. Does anyone recognize you without a suit on? Uh, surprisingly, yeah, it happens. They do. They and do. I I don't know how. I'm always interested. <laughs> when I'm, somebody stops me, they're like, "Are you a comedian?" I always go, "How do you know that? How, what have you? Yeah, you've been following yeah. me. Yeah, who's been talking to you? I know from your face. Yeah. Do you even uh, Do you even put like pictures of yourself online that don't that you're not in a suit. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean the suit. I'm not Iron Man. I don't need the <laughs> right, suit. Right, 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 <laughs> I, I don't rely on it. Your power doesn't come from the yeah. suit. Yeah, but uh, I've known you for ten years now. I just realized that as I was like preparing for this podcast. November '05 is when yeah, we met. I yeah, I always think of uh, you as one of my new set of friends. Uh huh. Fucking, and you probably think of me as one of your LA friends, which I am. I mean, we're legit friends. You know what's but what weird? I mean is it's a different chapter in your life. I think of you as a guy I met on the road since we met in right, Vegas. Right, 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 right. So me and Ryan, this is a big, uh, this is big for me. I, I assume it was, it was huge big. for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got into the HBO festival in Las Vegas. It was okay. the first. I don't think they do it anymore. No, they don't do it anymore. Uh, but I was. It was supposed to be big for both of us. <laughs> right. Well, let's tell you who was there. Well. Uh, I guess it was a showcase, and it was me and Ryan, and Aziz was there. Aziz, okay. uh, I still don't know his name, even though he's famous. And sorry, yeah, and sorry, yeah. Uh, Lonnie Love, Owen Smith. Was, was it Owen, Owen Smith, Smith on there? I, I don't remember. Well, I don't remember. I, everybody. I know Ryan there. Hamilton was on there. Yes. Um, they called it the New Marquee because right. it, it was going to be their version oh, the of n- New Faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. the New Marquee, uh-huh. which is, doesn't roll off the tongue at all. No, no not at Cla- all. They went classy. Yeah. The, and if I remember correctly, like the first show was like tons of fun. Did you have fun on the first show? Do you remember any of this? I, I remember being in, in some weird um, comedy club type space at the Flamingo. Was it the Flamingo? It was, uh, it was like a second city room. So usually they do like sketch and improv. There. Right. Um, I but I remember people being drunk the second show and and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
the yeah. second show was rough. I remember right. the second show being rough. Now, luckily, the industry <laughs> and the cameras were there on the first show. God knows where this footage is, but we had to put makeup on. And oh, it never. The whole deal. Yeah, no, never, never aired it. It was an HBO festival, but it never. I remember we had to do. Um, we had to do B-roll, too. Do you remember that? Yeah, like that? Man on the Street. Like, to... hey, you're at the oh. HBO Festival in Las Vegas, and uh, right and then... now you're watching Jerry Seinfeld. And, of course, Seinfeld special aired. Right, right. Dennis okay. Miller special aired. Of course. Right, right, You know, right. The, the, something with Gary Shandling aired. Yeah. But none of, none of what our talent being showcased sure. was aired. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure if you even called them, HBO would be like, yeah, well, we just don't really have a venue to uh, put it out. And you're like, oh. Make one. Like yeah. you're. Channel. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, and, and it would actually be perfect to new marquee or just cut it up because they always do that little filler on HBO. Sure. Because movies come out to the wrong right. time. Yeah, right. yeah. We should get on that. Aziz is on the fucking show. <laughs> Put put us on with disease, man. He probably won't even let that happen. No now. way. Right. Squ- like, he probably squashed you. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably said, "No, you send a release. This is ours." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can afford yeah, lawyers. Yeah, yeah. I'll fight you, HBO. It was funny too. It was like Aziz was already famous. He was like showing up late oh. and like going to. Oh. Like, he was like. He, but he what, had not, he, he had done nothing. Was he, on the TV he, wasn't, show? he wasn't genuinely famous. No, but no, no. He just no. had a presence like, about he him. Knew, oh, yeah. Yeah. it was gonna happen. He's yeah. like, this shit's already in the because we were talking about like getting something to eat afterward. Yeah. We we're like, is there like a, a diner or something we can go to? <laughs> yeah, and sure. Aziz is just like looking at his BlackBerry, going, <laughs> "Yeah, guys, I'm meeting up with people. I got to get out of here." <laughs> yeah. And I just remember him like kind of showing up late and be like, yeah, "I saw this show. I saw this show. I saw this show." And I remember being there like at least a half hour early. Yeah, like treating it, treating it like it was so important. Morning, yeah. guys, clocking in. Mm-hmm. Want me to get that? I'll sweep that up. And so this B-roll was you just talk to the camera a lot. Oh. And I remember Nick Griffin telling me like, Nick, Nick, do you know Nick Griffin? Of course, yeah. And so they were just like, they go, Nick, tell you, tell you, tell me your dirtiest joke. And he was just like, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's weird when some cameraman's just interviewing. When you. it's yeah. just some weird yeah, yeah, producers yeah. they grab from a production yeah. company and they're like, "Yeah, talk to these comedians." They're like, "Yeah, I could do that." You don't know anything about us. Yes. No, they think they think like we're just gonna be funny, but we're yeah, usually they think, like, "Yeah, you're the on like that." And it's in Las Vegas. Everybody's hungover and and just like, or they have nerves oh. and it's uncomfortable. It was a yeah, it's uncomfortable. It was a weird thing. I remember the guys on the street with the you know they always have the flyers for the strip clubs. Yes, and yeah. they always use their thumb to like. Flick it to yeah. make noise, right. and that guy was just out of frame, like reaching in, like just like <laughs> flicking it. And uh, I was oh, like, to yeah, show his cards. That's, that's funny. Keep yeah, it. let's keep that. Let's Have you been through that, Craig? You walk down the street in Vegas, and like ten people hand you cards oh, yeah. at once. So one of the, my, one of my funniest comedic moments what did not happen on stage. It happened on a Vegas <laughs> inside walk. Years later, I was walking down the street with my girlfriend, and. Uh, Somebody hands me a card, you know, with strippers on it and everything. I'm right. like, oh, well, we don't have time for whores today. And like the whole fucking sidewalk erupted like, with yeah! <laughs> yeah, Thank you. <laughs> finally got yeah. to kill in Vegas yeah. for non paying yeah, audiences. Yeah. Finally. So I don't know about y'all. I've had a crazy busy day already. already. I got up at eight, which is unheard of. This is my this is summer of summer charge. of charge. I don't know if you've heard. No, but I've declared summer of charge, <laughs> which means I'm gonna have fun all summer. Okay, and wake up whenever the fuck I want all summer. So 8 a.m. it was. Uh, but I had to wake up at 8 a.m. because I got an email from my commercial agent last week, all right. or, or on Monday, and they were like, "Hey, uh, since you're SAG and you're a stand-up, like the big shot at the office wants to meet you." Oh. <laughs> and I go, "Okay." 
How long have you been with this agency? That's the thing. I've been SAG and stand-up <laughs> since last year time, right. when I signed with them. <laughs> so they're like, hey, why don't you come down to fucking the Beverly Hills or whatever, the West Hollywood section sure. of Sunset Boulevard yeah. at 4.30 p.m.? Because it's a pain in the ass to get there uh, at that time. No parking on the premises, no. FYI. Um, oh, and bring a headshot Fuck. and a resume to the fucking agency that I'm already represented yeah, at. Don't you, you guys have, have that, that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you got, how about bring me up on fire in your computer? All right, let me explain it to you guys. Fuck you. You know what I said? Okay. I'll be right there. Sure, of course. Do we so, have to do 430? I'll do anytime. So, went down to fucking Kinko's. Oh, you printed out the fucking resume. Yep. Went to try to print out a headshot at Kinko's. They don't have any service. You have it's all do it yourself there now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so oh. I just go fuck it. I'm going to my local place where it's really easy. Sure. So you were up at 8 a.m. just doing uh, like business paperwork. I set two alarms to get up. The summer and run of charge. Out of town. And then the other part of that. You guys ruined the summer of charge. This is a vacation from summer of charge. <laughs> right. It's just busy work. And then on top of that, my boy. Uh, he bought bought me tickets to the Hollywood Bowl tonight because we we hung out after a, an episode of Tosh.0 a year ago, and ever since then he's been like, "Hey, fools, run! We gotta hang out with those two chicks. We gotta bang those two chicks." And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> just set it up. You know him. I don't." And I'm in. I like to think and that he talks to them like that too. Right? <laughs> hey, two chicks. <laughs> we gotta bang the full charge. Let's so, go to the Hollywood Bowl. So he calls me yesterday, and he's like, "All right, here's the plan." Like he's got, a, he like loves this girl, so he's all set up. He's got a plan, and he's like, and then afterwards, we drop your girl off at your house, and then I take my girl off, which poses another dent in How some of the charge. How do you get rid of this girl when you're done? That's true. Nice. But more importantly, oh, there's a, a different thing. More importantly, now there's laundry. Now there's sheets. Uh-huh. Now oh. there's I don't I don't think she's actually going to end up over here. Sure. But I'm preparing for it nonetheless. So you got to prepare, right? So I was planning on going all of summer of charge without washing my sheets. Nice. But that's classy. <laughs> but <laughs> guess who washed the fucking sheets today? <laughs> the fucking all full charge. <laughs> and summer it was. Hot as fuck. Yes. Uh and then my dumb ass I, uh, I owe Craig money for the uh, for the advertisements we do on this podcast. And yesterday, I'm like, I'm feeling like a big shot. I'm like, I send it to him PayPal. I'm like, Done. this is great. Covered. I'm like, me and Craig, I'm a responsible adult. I'm making money <laughs> right. off this fucking podcast. We're doing a business here. It yeah. only took us two and a half years, but we're getting paid. Damn straight, finally. And um, I'm, I'm a proud, proud moment. Yeah, proud sure. father As you of the be. power hour. Yeah. And then Craig hits me up this morning in the midst of all this. And he's like, hey, you know, that, that See, PayPal didn't really go through. I didn't even want to and have I to go, hit you up for it. I go, all right. I'm looking at this fucking thing. It's just like, you It's the, you know, PayPal's like, it's it's happened. Oh, I looked too. It's done. Yeah. I'm sitting there looking at the email address. Because you got a crazy email address. I had to look at it like 50 oh, it times. Is. It's long. Uh-huh. There, well, I'm not going to tell the whole address, but there's a 103-070 Yes. And you got a Hotmail and a Gmail yes. that are both the same. They're the same. Right. So I'm sitting there looking at it. I do a screenshot. I send it to Craig. He looks at it. He goes, yep. That's it. Right email. <laughs> fucking sitting there. Two monkeys on either end of the fucking county. Right. right. 
<laughs> so, this shit. so can then, you take like screenshots of your side and screenshots of your side yeah. and just send those to PayPal and well, say, look, guys. What I did, I'm sitting there online. I go, let me just look at this one more time. And fucking dumb old me, dumb old charge, taking the summer too easy. I sent it to hotmail.con. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't notice that. No yeah. one noticed. So I'm already on the phone. Did you call them? Oh, fuck yeah. And they must... It must be in the Midwest, because I've called them twice now. And Good the, to know. The nicest, sweetest. Oh. Like, like your fucking mom answered the phone. Right. Like, oh, well, let's just let's just look at that and see what could have happened there. Right. And, you know, Matt had sent me all his info. I have his uh, receipt number. And I go, oh, oh. I go, hey, let's just cut to the chase. I go, I got this receipt number. You can tell me right there what the problem is. She goes, yeah. ah, no, you know, it just doesn't really work like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I go... Huh. And she's nice, and I'm trying to not be too L.A., and I'm, mm-hmm. I go, well, how's that? <laughs> why do you even have the number? I go, it's like 15 characters long. I go, why did you even bother if, yeah. it, if it does nothing? Why stamp this transaction yeah. if right. finding it doesn't give us any information? Yeah, because yeah. the first thing she does is she looks at my thing, and she goes, wow, you know, everything looks right. Like you should have been able to receive that money. I go, Thank okay. You, ma'am. Very helpful. So, exactly so she we're on the same page. I guess so, we're done here then. So this is a third person that looks at yeah. it and doesn't see dot com. See, but she wouldn't even look at your yeah. stuff. Okay. I said, Do you want his name? And she goes, No. <laughs> that wouldn't really help me. All I can tell you is that you're not getting paid. That's it. This money is not for you. Yeah. I it's said, just stuck in our infinite loop and we keep it. Right. Well, there is a happy ending though, because the fucking money it would have got to him instantly. And then it takes two or three days to get to your bank account. Sure. So. Sure. Well, her her Craig's got <laughs> cold, hard cash. That's even better. In his pocket dude. right yeah, now. Yeah, that's even better. You could spend that on the way home. I could. And I gave my man a free joint. Yeah. Because I don't really like weed. That's part of summer of charge. I started smoking weed, and it hasn't taken. Uh, you still don't like it. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, qu- I'm quitting, actually. 2016's not last today year not. I smoked. 2016? Yeah. I just so you quit. got a whole other year and a half? Well, I haven't smoked cigarettes for six days. Uh-huh. So I figure I'm not quitting both. At the same time? Fuck. Well, Why here's not? the thing. Why? We'll just go. You're, you're going to be suffering anyway. Right. Just I'm go gonna, full. I'm going to tell you something. you gotta, you got to quit this weed before you quit smoking. Because one thing this marijuana does is it gets you obsessed with the things that you crave. Am I wrong about this? Makes you hungry. It does. Makes you want to smoke. It does. So makes does me want to drink. I've learned uh, just just having a smoking habit makes me want to smoke. Yeah, well, that's the main thing. I have thing. the patch. I'm taking the fucking lozenge. And I'm still like... Jesus Christ. This this is what this is what I really don't like about weed is it's supposed to be something you can chill out and watch TV with. Yeah. I get real fucking bored. I'm like, hurry this shit up. <laughs> like, get to the I, fucking I see end where of this is scene. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is a TV show? Like, everything seems weird. Like, the acting seems really bad. And the writing seems really contrived. And I'm like, this is horrible. I watch, like, the first ten minutes well, of ten different things on Netflix. Yeah. And then I just go to bed. And oh. then I can't even sleep. I'm just staring at the ceiling thinking about dumb shit. Well, and it, it doesn't relax me. It makes me worried about in shit. In defense of television, Matt, yeah. first of all, I yes. mean, Muppet Babies isn't that complicated anyway. <laughs> uh, you, 
can't just watch Sesame Street and hope for a deep plot. Okay. I mean, you already know All about, right. like, X. Yes. You know X. Yes. And uh, there's some counting. Right. At, yeah, I never understood go that shit. It's going to for you. Yeah, it's okay. going to go too slow. James Earl Jones saying the alphabet. Right. Why is Darth Vader on the show? Do you know about that? The James Earl Jones effect? No, uh, what is that? Apparently, what they found out was with Sesame Street specifically, because right. James Earl Jones was saying the letters so slowly, mm-hmm. it gave children time to repeat the letters back in their mind. Uh-huh. So children oh. learned the alphabet more quickly. No and they kidding. They just named it the James Earl Jones effect. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, nice. Speaking of James Earl Jones, there's one thing like everyone should check out, and that's this Star Wars documentary where they put all the documentaries of Star Wars together. I forget what it's called. Uh-huh. Hit up. Uh, Radio Rando on Facebook. If you, you don't see know, what it is, but what they but they show you these scenes. The 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 Darth Vader, the guy that is actually standing in the Darth oh, Vader yeah. suit. Right. He sh- originally did all the lines. The shitty oh. accent before they dubbed it in, and it sounds like Cobra Commander. It's Ooh. like we must get him now. He's got like a British accent. Well, it's really shrill. Well, and everybody in Britain, they say, and not only is it a British accent over there, it's like they're rednecks. Wow. So the, all the British people on set were like, oh, this movie's going to be fucking it, well, if you notice, Yeah, if you notice, everybody else on the Death Star speaks with a British accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They shot it all in, in uh, England. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, nobody knew that somebody else was going to do all the voices. Yeah. Everybody's just like, this movie's a pile of shit. Because <laughs> that, be, that guy'd be like, where are the Death Star plans? <laughs> right. That you hid. And the guy holding the mic is like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's this is like, terrible. awful. Um, There's some grip just going home every day from work telling his wife, like, right. yeah, I have no idea. And Yeah, because you got to imagine, like, in your mind you watch that movie, you can kind of see that every room they're in is part of this huge Death Star. But to them, it's probably just like three or four sets, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's no special effects. Right. So they must have been like, there's this no fucking yeah. bearded nerd is out of his fucking mind. He's exactly. he's fighting with laser swords, but we don't even know. It's just him holding <laughs> yeah. like the handle of something, right, 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 right. swinging it around. We're wearing robes and shit. You know how weird Darth Vader? Right. We accept Darth Vader now. <laughs> oh, totally. But at first sight, you must be like, what? You got, got a fucking cape on? Is Get the guy, fuck yeah. out of here. Right. Who's this robot man? <laughs> Not afraid of no alien right. robot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they got like a little little person in a fucking R two D two. Oh my god! That must have been the most bizarre shit in the world. Oh yeah, no. Everybody you know? talked about that. Everybody would like just not respect George Lucas on set. Yeah, go play with your toys, bitch. Yeah, because they're like, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. You're making the dumbest movie <laughs> on the planet. There's a talking dog. Did you hear about this? this? There was another sequel written to Star Wars. I feel like we might have repeated this, but it's so interesting to me. Oh. There's a nut, there was a the Empire Strikes Back wasn't the first sequel written. No. Uh, oh. somebody was someone who you know how Star Wars was always adapted into a novel? Sure. Yep. So they hired the guy that adapted the novel adapted the novel to do the part 2. To do the part 2, he wrote a book and there's it's just like an alternate universe and Star Wars nerds accept it. As like an alternate history. Oh. I forget what it's called. Oh, I have to find out. <laughs> but it's it's bonkers. I'm, I'm a nerd. Is it better? No, I doubt it. Oh, okay. You don't find out Luke is the fucking father and stuff. What about this one, Luke? I mean, Darth Vader. Sure. What about this one? The 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 Wookiee uh, Christmas special? Oh. Do you know about this? I, I, I think that. I heard something about that. But I, I, never I saw watched it. all those things on TV, and they're 
all fucking terrible. Yeah. Endor, Planet Endor, uh, at Christ- oh, yeah, remember Christmas that. special or yeah. some shit, too. Dude, but this is before Empire Strikes Back. Right. Chewbacca goes home for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's shot like this. They celebrate and they have Christmas you know, dinner and Wookiees, shit. Wookiees yeah. celebrate Christ. <laughs> the birth of Christ. Yeah. The human boy. <laughs> Who's also the only son of God. And uh, they, they said George Lucas was kicking and screaming. Because I don't think oh, he really I'm owned sure. all, He didn't own all the rights at that point. No, not to the first movie. So they could do whatever they wanted with that mm-hmm. stuff. All he owned rights to were the toys. Uh-huh. And the only reason they gave him that is because they'd never done it before. So they thought he was a sucker for even taking the toys. Yeah, that's interesting. And t-shirts. They're like, okay, yeah. They'd never made any money off sure, of George. movie t-shirts Where do we toys. sign? Yeah. So and they- you know what's really interesting? Like Jim Henson, who has all the Sesame Street and Muppet stuff, he sure. would never give up the rights to the toys. Yeah. He would always say, oh, those are mine. Right. right. No, no, no. That's... That's my Fuck bread you and guys, butter. That's yeah. my shit. I don't want you taking. And he had, I think, a more artsy view of it. Like sure. I don't want you to take my creations and ruin them with your commerce. Yeah, but oh. he did the exact opposite. Right. Weird. Right. Okay. Oh, always... and that's probably why it's it's actually difficult to find Muppet stuff back in the day. Yeah, I don't think you can get like a. Uh... He would only sell. There's puppets a couple dolls stuff. or whatever. Nowadays, yeah. there's more stuff. Sure. Because his kids are like, give me this. Give yeah. me that. owns that shit. Right. But Mike Black that was makes on. Total sense. Mike, it was funny. Mike Black came over and we were all talking, and then we ended the podcast. And Mike goes, "Do you want to do a second one?" And I go, "No, we already did an hour." Right. And he goes, "Oh, I do a lot of pod- a lot of podcasts, and they do a second one, and the second one usually sucks." I go, "Yeah, that's why we don't do a second one." <laughs> but then we sat down, and Mike just just spits out like three fucking whoppers. <laughs> yeah, three great like three stories. huge stories with the mics off. One of them was. That, like, he's pitching a TV show to, like, Jim Henson's son, right? Uh-huh. And do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. And, um... Fuck, I forget what a, was so... A home. little bit. The, 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 the main funny part was that Mike goes... Oh, the Skeksky's were in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what, oh. was, what was funny about that was Mike goes, yeah, and the guy, uh, Henson's son, is married to Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, That's really? Right. And Craig goes, that fucking rich, fucking asshole, piece of shit, never worked for his goddamn money, got dad's money, married to fucking Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like irate. And I'm like, dude, you know, she's like fucking 55 now. And then you pointed out how old she is. I'm like, no, she's not frozen in time. Actress from the movie, necessarily, yeah. She, I'm sure she's attractive, but it's nothing to get upset oh, about. That was great. <laughs> and Craig's great. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good point. It's just to calm down. Good point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Good point. Good point. Uh, Craig lost his shit. Yeah, I did. And, I, I've no and we thing. lost three fucking dynamite stories. I was going to say, if only we had, had we had that on record. If you go to the footage, yeah, or the that, audio. That, that is good to be like, hey, remember when you weirded out for no reason over this? It's like, oh, yeah. The Hall of Shame. Uh, So let's talk about the suit. We brought up the suit. I love wearing a suit on stage. I don't always have the balls to do it. I go, I do it by mood. You fucking accepted this early. I was thinking about that today that I I really committed probably for the last uh, roughly 10, 11 years. I was was in the suit all the time. And it's only now that, uh, 
you know, I'll leave. I'll leave and just go and hang out at places just to see yeah. stand up because uh, right. I like it. Yeah, no, no. And I, sometimes I'll be there and they'll be like, "Hey, so and so didn't show up. You want to get on? You get on stage and you and I get on yeah. stage wearing jeans and a t shirt, and that's not an issue. But uh, it also feels like if I'm going to do a show where people pay to see me, yeah, I feel almost an obligation to be like, well. I'm going to put the suit on because if I don't, then they go, oh, he's not treating this like a right. real show. I agree with you 100%. I feel more comfortable in the suit when there's a bigger distance between me and the audience. Like yeah. if I'm at a bigger show, a higher stage, right. there's something that makes me f- feel self-conscious, especially as I get older, about doing it when when I'm just like in a room with 15 people. Sure. makes me feel like a used car sale. That's my vibe anyways. But like the vibe is coming across too hard. Right. And it makes me uncomfortable. Well, you don't have that. You don't have that same... Well, I'm trying to create that vibe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to actually put up a wall between me and the audience. Yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. And then and what, that's... what we do is we both scale the wall right. from our, our perspective sides mm-hmm. and we meet at the top. No, I... I and the people that don't meet at the, meet top, at the top hate the show. <laughs> And you know what? That's classic. Fuck you for not climbing the wall. Exactly. Do some work. I climbed the wall. Yeah. You showed up prepared. I built a wall and I climbed it with you. Right. And those of us at the top are celebrating looking out over the the vast land. We did it. I'm tired of these audience members who come and they don't think they have to do anything. Right. Right. You have to do something to be a fan. You can't just choose, oh, yeah, I am a fan or not. Dude, I heard Jack White from the White Stripes talking about that. He said, people show up now and they're like, do your thing. Do you? Make and this it is happen. the guy in the white stripes. Like right. these people really want to see him, and he still feels the vibe that the audience doesn't have a responsibility, but they yeah. kind of do have a responsibility. I think to they some have degree. a huge responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, it's going to suck if you don't take any responsibility. Right, 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 right. Like you have to invest something. Right. You know, it used to be this thing where people. And I talk about this with stand-up specifically all yeah. the time. In the 80s, they would have to wait in line yeah. around the block. It's happening again. Hoping to right. get in. Yeah. And th- that's all they needed. I just want to get in. Yeah, right. That's all. I- and then once right. they got in, Jeez. it was electric in that, that yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're like, oh, my God, we made it. Yeah. We got in What's going to happen? Yeah. Watch I don't this know, monkey we're dance. Here. And so they were already excited. Now everybody gets in. They shove food in their face. <laughs> right. yeah. like, they lean back next? in their chair and they fold their arms and they go, yeah. I'll decide. I'll, yeah. I'll decide if this is any good or not. You see it in their face. And <laughs> you can also it. see it in their face when they want to order something really bad. Like, where the fuck is this waitress? Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I thought I was the king of this room. What happened? And then the one we person, go home. the one person in the room who has been vetted to be there, who had to jump through hoops to be there. Yeah. Is the person standing on stage, yep. and they're the ones getting treated like shit. <laughs> exactly. Yes. They had no idea you had two layovers across the fucking country that day. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think audiences don't realize that, that they're acting this way. They don't understand that this, uh, this idea of the customer is always right, right doesn't apply in stand-up. No, no, no. It no. doesn't apply when you walk into a museum. It doesn't right. apply when you read a book. It right. doesn't apply to creative human yeah. endeavors. The hu- customer's... Irrelevant. Yeah, you can have your experience or you can't, but that's uh, that's all you get. I think I think the internet has really changed the way people see things because everything you watch now gets rated by you, uh-huh. thumbs up, thumbs down, and you get to write this is a piece of garbage right under it, oh. and so that becomes the entertainment that's as well. Just my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but your opinion isn't uh, educated. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, there's this thing where audience members want to I, I think people have a hard time with the idea that when it comes to stand up 
they really don't know who's in charge. Right. And I'm not saying the mm-hmm. comedian's in charge because I think all of us who have stood on stage in front of an audience, we all readily admit, like, look, I'm, I'm not really in charge I here. I work for you guys. Yeah. But I you mean, gotta... Here's the thing. I wrote some things down that I think sure. are funny. Yeah. Right. And you're going to laugh or not. But right. if you don't laugh, that's not the end of my career. So you're not in charge either. Right. Like, right. this is, uh, yeah. this is yeah. a communal thing. This, this is it a is. dance. You, you want to dance? both have a good time or not. Right. Yeah. And, but there's no, there's no consequences no. here it's almost, either way. Yeah, it's yeah. almost as if they've asked us to dance. And then they just stand there <laughs> once we grab a hold of them. You Because they came to the yeah. show. Right. Well, what they want to do is they they desperately want to think that they are the boss. Yeah. What's what's yeah. that? It's Joey Diaz. I was going to say, is this a special this, segment? We usually in? don't take calls, but... Joey, you're on the full charge power hour. What's up? Talk to me. What's up, dude? You're on my podcast right now. It's good to hear from you. Call me when you finish. I will, dog. Love you, man. Peace. It's a great call-in. It was a and good call-in. What happens? Yeah, what I, what ha- he always does that when he calls in? Uh-huh. Well, he's not calling in. He's just, <laughs> I, I'm just answering the phone. Right. But I, he always does like 10 seconds of, call me when you're done, brother. And then I always like toy with the idea of writing, featuring Ryan Stout and Joey Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's all they get. I'm going to start calling all my friends' podcasts when they're recording just to get my name out there. Exactly. Because I need some help. Yeah. You promote some dates. I'm sorry, dude. What, do you remember what you're talking about? Yeah. I, I think the audience, uh, they all want to believe that they're the boss. Yeah. But they don't have any boss power. Right. And I think that really infuriates them. Yeah. I always tell people that uh, when, when you enter a comedy show, you've entered into a contract with the venue. Yeah. That's the only contract that's present. You paid for a seat, yeah, and they point. said, oh, we'll, we'll sell you a seat. And you can right. sit right over there. Yeah. That's the only promise made. Yeah, and then yeah, when yeah, I perform, yeah, yeah. I enter into a contract <laughs> right. with the venue, yes. which is, yes, I'll do a show, and you'll pay me. Right. And that's the only thing that's happening. It. I don't have a contract with the audience. No, no. We don't no. have any responsibilities with each other. <laughs> fucking nails it. Are you kidding me? That's Wait, so and funny. yet you want to sit there with your arms folded and demand things of me, <laughs> right, right. but you're not my boss. I've never heard that in my life. I've never heard it. That's like, so fucking that's so funny. eloquent. That's I spent so, a lot of time yeah. trying to articulate these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said something to Baron. <laughs> you you say things like this on stage too, right? Sometimes <laughs> I, I yell at them. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the best. We were. You got to see Stout, man. It's the that. best. I was talking to Baron Vaughn about. Uh, he he was saying that like L.A. audiences, they almost like pick their venue uh-huh. and then they frequent that venue. Yes, right. And then they get very selective about you know oh, the who they like there. there. Right. And and I looked at Baron. I was like, yeah, but those people don't matter because they're never going to be your fan. <laughs> right. They're right. going to keep going to that venue. Yeah. Whether you kill or bomb. Yeah. And they're never going to buy your album. They're never going to buy tickets <laughs> right. to see you someplace right, else right, because right, they're right. a fan of this place. They like the building. And he, I he, love this building. And right. he went, oh, my God, I never thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I've been beating myself up for these regulars, for these like certain venues right. who don't like me. And I'm like, yeah, but even if they did, yeah. what would it matter? Exactly. They're only going to wait for you nothing. to come back to this place. Yeah. 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 And then maybe blog about it. Oh, Baron, oh. Baron was there. I loved it. Yeah, right. I want to. I want to. Yeah, big help. Buy an album, goddamn <laughs> big it. Big help. Big help. I want to talk about that a little in a little bit, but um, the suit. Uh, yeah, we we have. I, I wear the suit sometimes too, and 
I I was I was open up for Tom Segura's special taping two or three weeks ago, and his manager says to me, he's like, and I later tweeted this, and you you were the first person to like it. I, yeah, he I says, retweeted it. Instantly. Yeah, he says, why? And this happens a lot. He says, why are you wearing a suit? And the answer is no. Why do you look like shit? Yeah. <laughs> because because I saw you tweet that. I thought that was hilarious. There's a simple answer to looking really good. Right. And it's putting on about three or four articles of clothing called a suit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you you cannot lose in this fucking thing. No. You can. You don't have to be a great looking person. No, it's a power move. You put move. this thing on, and you look fucking great. And I I used to wear. Like secondhand suits that didn't match, and then still look fucking great. Yeah, yeah because you, there's, you something, really <laughs> there's something appealing about it. I don't know what it is, but it's very pleasant to the eyes. Well, especially when you're on stage in in a secondhand suit that doesn't quite match right, up. Right, right. You still give off a vibe like, look, motherfucker, <laughs> I gave it a shot. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying here. the best I right. can. Did you guys try at all? Yeah, no, no. You know what I love about my suits, about my TV appearances, is. All those suits I've worn on television, uh-huh. somebody else used to own them. <laughs> and so their suit is on TV. Their suit made it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you did it, but your that. suit made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I always think it's interesting that uh, that especially people in the industry say, why are you wearing a suit? Uh, after and they're yeah. like, well, do you want the artistic choice? Right. Do you want me to explain my persona to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And want me to explain why I think this is important and we should all dress up? And the answer is yes, because they don't get it. Right. But, they have no but idea. I went, after the HBO thing, I had a bunch of meetings, and I went to um, this this agency. I forget what it was. I should know it. I've lived in Hollywood for fucking 17, 18 years. But I, it was one of the big ones in Beverly Hills. And there's like 10 agents around. And they're like, wow, you're the best dressed guy here. And I was wearing a secondhand like brown <laughs> shitty suit. Yeah. And they were still right. <laughs> And in that meeting, I think I've told that story before, like like years before I met probably in that same room with this one older lady, this one older agent, and we're talking. She's like, what's your stand-up like? I'm like, well, did you watch my tape? And she goes, no. Nah. So then I had to describe my stand-up Ugh. to her. Yeah. And she's like, eh. So then fast yeah. forward five years later, three years later, whatever it was, the whole room is sucking my dick. Uh-huh. And they even told me. And this would piss you off, too. They go, man, when you were on stage, we were texting each other like, this guy's great. And I'm like, you're texting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> Thanks for respecting what I did. And then it gets around to this same woman. I all of a sudden recognize her as the same woman who didn't watch my tape before. Uh-huh. And she goes, so what's your comedy like? I wasn't there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, did you watch the clips? I sent over a Craig Ferguson appearance. She goes, no, nah, I didn't watch it. Uh-huh. Same fucking meeting. Yeah. It's supposed to be a victory. It's supposed to be a victory yeah. lap. And then she asked if you brought a headshot resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you said Kinko's was closed. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get in. I'm still doing this today. <laughs> my own representation just oh. realized my credits. <laughs> but they still wanted me to bring a resume. They're right. like, we really like your resume. Can you bring a resume? <laughs> That's basically <laughs> Seriously. What like, what the fuck? Well, it helps when you realize that, uh, and, and I don't know uh, if I should say this. Because I don't know. I can well, cut it out later if you want. The industry is not listening, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. <laughs> agents overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly. I, I was sitting on my therapist's couch <laughs> talking to my agent, my my therapist, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my therapist said, "Ryan, every agent who I've dealt with in twenty five years who's come in and sat on that couch and talked to me about their problems, every one of them." has been the laziest person I've ever met. Ah! Ah! 
So that's not my opinion. That's my therapist's opinion of all agents. In 25 years. And you know what? In Los Angeles. When yeah. you look at it, your goal as a job to yeah. be an agent is to go find somebody yeah. that will go do shit for years for free. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And fucking hone that skill. And when they get so fucking good, you swoop in like a hawk on a mouse in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> swoop them up, and they're like, now keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'm going to be over and here. I'm going to take 10%. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, oh, thank you. And they're like, but I need you to go out, spend some money. Let's get some good pictures. Uh-huh. Type up your thing. Bring that to me. And keep it up, because yeah. I am ghost if you yeah, fall. that's yeah. right. And I need you to drive around town to shit that <laughs> might not even happen for you. In between right. your other job that doesn't pay. Yeah. Every time I've tried to subtly ask an agent what they're doing to yeah. sell me <laughs> yeah. or who they're selling me to, <laughs> yeah. the response is aggressively defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not doing Well, you understand it's a weird time right now because yeah. it's summer and blah, blah, blah. And there's not really a pitch <laughs> season anymore. I've, uh, sent, I've sent emails that just have questions like, <laughs> hey, dude. hey, guys, uh, we had talked about doing more colleges. Um, we've never booked a college. What do you need <laughs> from me yeah. so that we could book more colleges? What can I do to facilitate your job? And... You know, also, what could you do? And, and I send it to, like, a friend of mine to be like, look, I want you to look am at I this. Being not, I am want I being you to, cool? I want you to remove any signs of aggression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just make it a total business email. Right, right. And he does. And then uh, I get feedback later, like, yeah, Ryan sends some angry emails. Oh, my God. And it's like, whoa, whoa angry. Seems like every time I've asked you to do work, that's an angry <laughs> that's email. That's an angry aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all I'm asking is, yeah. what work can I do? Can you yeah, help me? Exactly. Do that? What can exactly. I do to help Will you? you help me? Oh, yeah. this piece of shit's doubt. Oh, he wants he help. Just wants now. the right. world handed to him. Yeah. See how he well, just yelled at us? Two things. If you ever hung out with like a bunch of agents, all they do is talk about nice restaurants yeah. and like who's hot right now. True. Uh, the other thing is, if you've ever worked in an office, you know what's going on at an agency. It's people passing around YouTube videos. Uh-huh. It's even worse than an agency because they get to pretend like it's work. Uh-huh. But they're passing around YouTube oh, videos, God, eating donuts, fucking off, leaving at five, getting drunk. That, that's just office work, and it's no different. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that you really get credit for as an agent is when you uh, go out at night and you're at like a comedy club or a theater where you show up to some TV appearance and you woo some sort of person who's not already on the agency's list. Yeah. And then it's like, oh... That guy brought over this new talent. Right. Good for round of applause for him. And I want to go, that's not money, everybody. That's just potential money. You still have to pay for the drinks. God that's damn not it. money. What is this business doing? You have yeah. a list of people and yeah. that's it. Yeah. They all just validate each other. Yeah. That's all they do is try and validate their job. And then every, every once in a while, somebody day. gets fired. Sure. And everybody goes, yeah, I mean, oh, he wasn't me, doing anything. Let me tell you what that guy was doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy, his phone would ring, and uh, sometimes he would fail to pick it up. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, we can't have that. Yeah. You got to pick up the phone when it rings. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Otherwise, you don't get that the free money. True. That is true. You got to get that free money. Yeah. It's on yes. the phone. The money's on the phone. The free money's on the phone. For, for people listening to this who aren't in the business, yeah. oh. I just want to give one little anecdote. 
my agency, this is what an agency does. They get a call from people saying, we need a comedian. Yeah. And that agency will say, send them a list and say, well, here's a list of the comedians that we got. in the price range that you gave us. Okay, mm-hmm. right, right. So like a college contacted my agent one time and said, we need all the comedians you have. Uh, or we need a comedian between the price range of $5,000 and $7,500 yeah. okay. for one show. All right. right. Now, I'm not in that price range, guys. Okay. okay. I do not cost that much. Okay. But you know what? The agents, they just say, well, here's a list of our clients who will do it for that. And I happen to be on that sure. list. Okay. Right. Well, the college gets back to the agents and say, we want Ryan Stout. Uh-huh. And the agents say, okay, great. And then this college kid doing the booking says... Okay, well, we'll send you the money in the morning. And she hangs up. Uh-huh. In the morning, the agency gets a check for $7,500. Wow. Okay. Because she assumes that I'm worth that much. Right. The, the girl sending the money just goes, sure. well, clearly, Ryan. He was on the list. He was on the list. We said we had this much money. He must yeah. be at the top because right. I've decided. Yeah. The agent calls me and says, you'll never believe this. And he tells me the story. <laughs> And I told the guy, I said, you, you just told me that you did nothing. That's what you're bragging he about He said, wait, right now. wait, what do you mean? I said, well, she called you. You sent a list of your clients. She picked one and sent the money. You didn't sell me at all. You didn't do any work. You faxed a list. And then you accepted money. And he was like, well, that's the wrong way to think about it. I'm like, oh, that's the problem. It's my perception. Right, right. Okay. He's like, Ryan, I put you on that list. Uh Dude. That's what I. That's how I. And if you don't get picked, that's that's nobody's <laughs> yeah, fault. Yeah, exactly. That's not my fault. You didn't get picked. Maybe it's your fault for not having more clips on. Not being a seventy-five hundred. That's what it is. Yeah. That's so great. Oh, dude. I love that he tried to victory lap that. Like he just fucking dude. We I did busted it. it out for you, bro. I'm a hero. You are. I really did this deal. I wanted you. I, I, I don't remember the exact details, but I remember the story you told me when I saw you recently about uh, when you first started wearing the suit and you went into Oakland. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You ha- and you did an open mic so, or So, like, in the early, early 2001, 2002, when yeah. I'm just running around the Bay Area trying to do any, any mic yeah. I can get my hands on. Right. Sure. Um, there were certain shows that would happen in Oakland. Now... Uh, there were really only two white comics that would go and do those shows, and okay. that was Louis Katz, yeah. and he lived on that side of the bay, so right. it was a lot more convenient for him. Yeah. Um, and then I wouldn't do nearly as many as Louis because they weren't nearly as convenient. Right. Like, if I could drive down the street from my house and do a mic versus yeah. hop on a train and go to Oakland, sure. I still ended up in Oakland a fair amount. Mm-hmm. And when I was just, you know, a white guy getting on stage... You couldn't – you learned like with black audiences, yeah. there was no – there's no faking it. Right, 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 right. I right. couldn't pretend to be hard. I almost had to be exactly what they wanted. Uh-huh. Um, it, I had to be exactly what they perceived me to be. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so not only was I white, I would take the white <laughs> dial and turn it up to 11. <laughs> white spinal tap. And they <laughs> – Generally, they nodded their heads like, yeah. in agreement. Like, yeah. yes, this is exactly, exactly what I think what of I you. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Textbook. Yeah. Um, there are things that if I were to say on stage, 
anywhere in the world, yeah. I would be racist. Yeah, especially in San Francisco. But if I but said it Oakland, on stage as a white man wearing a suit in Oakland yeah. in front of an all-black audience, yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I, I would say things that were, at the time, just – just I, I it was almost like uh, I would say things like – this is – George Bush was president at the yeah. time, and I was like, look, guys, uh, a lot of people say white people would love to be black. White people would love to be black. I'd like to be hip. I'd like to have rhythm. I'd like to say things like, it's all gravy, and have it refer to something other than gravy. White people would love to be black, but someone has to be in charge. Okay? Do you think that's easy? Do you think it's... I mean, there's no just like... There are no people. days off. You're the oppressor 24-7. Oh, my God. And people are standing up in the aisles. Because they're like, yes! <laughs> he gets it. You are the oppressor. You are constantly oppressing. Oh, my God. You don't awesome. get time off. <laughs> and they that's were like, so yeah, badass. That fucking white dude's racist. That was a shit. That fits exactly what yeah. we believe. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, I heard this story about... Uh, you know the movie The French Connection? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or the director or the producer, somebody was going all over New York City watching it with audience to see how they responded. And there's like one scene where two cops in private call somebody the N-word. Right. And like the, it was in Harlem. The whole theater erupted with applause. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like finally, finally. They're yeah. being honest they about admit this shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. You know, that's not exactly the same thing. It's on the same page. It is, it is how like perception kind of works mm-hmm. like uh i've been really obsessed with this idea lately about uh what we think versus how we feel yeah like that's a constant conflict uh-huh. in all of our uh-huh. lives uh-huh. yeah and if you listen to my first album i know i never say those words but that's what the whole album right, about right 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 because i'm talking about you know uh rape could be great exercise yeah and people are going no that feels terrible that feels like a terrible yeah, idea yeah, yeah, yeah. but sure. logically if you think about it they're like yeah that that makes sense <laughs> right 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 and it's the conflict that yeah. the, the comedy comes from right um you're right it does feel like a bad idea but logically it does work right that's that's the whole point they yeah, work yeah, simultaneously yeah. right so, yeah. um it is terrible to see somebody fall down the stairs at the battered women's shelter. Right. But there's a context involved that makes it funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so talking about how people perceive things, you know, yeah. you talk about like all these shootings that are happening right. where it's white cops shooting black people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. black people yeah. are saying, yeah, guys, that's a problem. Yeah. They're talking about how they feel. They're talking about how they constantly <laughs> how they feel. How right. they constantly yeah. feel. Right. Like, Absolutely. We, we could get killed. Yeah. Do you understand why that's scary to us? Right. And uh, the white people who defend these police officers yeah. don't care about how they feel. No. Yeah. They're saying, yes, but let's look at the facts of the case. Right. And it's like, yeah, but the facts of the case don't matter. <laughs> yeah. we're, talking, we're not talking about that case. Yeah. I'm talking about me waking up every day, right. being afraid of yes. the police. Yes. And so it's two completely separate right. conversations. Right. And one is all about, oh, is that... Who's that one now? I can't turn off the ringer. That's just a debt collector. Let's keep going. And I don't even have any debts anymore. Oh. But they still call because right. they miss me. We need to take <laughs> Mine this call. Mine cut it down to once a month. <laughs> no, we're not taking it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's just one of the things that I'm, I'm obsessed with. Oh, yeah. God. Because what we think and what we feel is usually people don't don't communicate in those terms. Right. Yeah. They just argue their own perspective. Right. And they over, do it yeah. endlessly. Over and over and over. Right. And right. that's, the, I mean, that's what you're dealing with on the internet, like constantly now. 
Like ever since I think George Bush was president, it was like, yeah, but how do I feel about this issue? I'm going with my gut. And yeah. that is actually the premise of the uh, the Colbert Report, or at least the first episode. He, he came up, and it's in the dictionary now, truthiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's now, there's no facts, but this is how I feel. Right. So it's real. So it's real So it's me. my policy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you I'm know? just going to say it over and over. Yeah. And you know the best part about truthiness? You don't need to know anything. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't need any my information or me. facts. You yeah. can just, you can just uh, logically rationalize yeah. why your feelings are correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they are. Exactly. And then they just are. And then you go, well, that's my opinion. That's how I feel. You can't tell me that my feelings are wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but if I gave you more information, <laughs> your feelings might change. Yeah. Right. right. I'm not saying your feelings are wrong. I'm saying let's keep those feelings and then let's add stuff to it. Let's I'm su- look at facts. I'm <laughs> such a saying? dope. Like no matter what I'm watching, I agree with it. Like when I watch the We Didn't We Didn't Land on the Moon documentary, I'm like, yeah, that yeah, checks of out. Of course we did. And then when somebody goes on and goes, of course we landed on the moon. This, you're that, like, and the other, I go, well, there's that you're, too. Yeah you're, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're more than likely right. <laughs> it is. It's weird. I I don't know the psychology behind that, yeah. but. The way they rationalize certain documentaries, mm-hmm. you know, you've got some doctor saying, like, I'm I'm an expert in all these things, and mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that the Holocaust didn't happen. Uh-huh. And you're, you're sitting right. there nodding I'm your listening. head. Oh, and then, PhD, yes. And then credits roll, and then you come back to reality, and you're like, no, wait a happened. second, that guy was out of his, his mind. His mind, right. <laughs> People like to argue where they, they list all the reasons. Yeah. Why they're correct, right? And then ignore all the reasons why they aren't. Why they're not? Yeah. And then anytime you try to present one of those reasons, they go, "Well, that doesn't matter." Yeah, which which actually no, brings us, <laughs> which actually brings us very nicely to something you're really interested in right now, and that is bloggers. Yeah, watching specifically comedy, uh-huh. going on the internet oh. and going, "These jokes are wrong," right? Because, and they're basically saying, "Because I feel." This right, because their their feeling is the only value system. Right, because they don't have any information about comedy. Yeah, they have to just go on their gut response. Mm-hmm. You've and then they do. Me. Yeah. I felt this way when I was there. It feels bad, so therefore it is. And a lot of those people, you find out they weren't even there. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. heard about it. Right. You you have a feeling based on information that came from someplace else. And yeah. I'm going to go crazy. But if you it. were there, you would feel differently, Absolutely, which is exactly yeah. what Lenny Bruce argued in 1962. <laughs> in court, <laughs> been fighting this battle for 50 years yeah. plus, and the audience hasn't changed. Right, right, right. And every time that gets brought up, anytime yeah. Lenny Bruce gets brought up in comedy arguments about yeah. freedom of speech, the people attacking comedy go, your freedom of speech isn't under attack. The government is, isn't coming for you. And yeah. I'm like, Lenny Bruce was found guilty. <laughs> right. Lenny Bruce wasn't found guilty by some nameless, yeah. faceless government. Right. Lenny Bruce was found guilty by 12 people jurors, who yeah. all decided like, nah, this is bad. I don't like this right. shit. And Lenny yeah. Bruce is trying to say, no, no, it's bad in the courtroom while that police officer tells my joke. Yeah, that police yeah, yeah, officer yeah, yeah, yeah. who's not talented is saying my words. Don't, <laughs> right, right. don't convict me based on his words. Convict me based on my words. You have to see me in the nightclub doing this. Yeah. And the judges are like we can't allow that we can't we can't allow you to play tape in our courtroom right because then actually one of the judges in one of the lenny Lenny bruce trials i think Mm -hmm. it was new york he said uh we'll play the tape but i don't want any laughter from the jury 
I, because I won't, yeah. I won't turn my courtroom into a circus. <laughs> oh my god! And it's god. like, well, laughter's kind of the point. Yeah, He's a yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're basically telling the jury stifle your emotional response. Just listen to and it, and then judge it, and tell us what your emotional response wow. should be. Uh, and as much as Lenny Bruce wanted to argue, he wanted to argue um, if you understood why it's funny, you would know why it's not obscene. That's right. what he wanted to say. Yeah, sure. And his lawyers were like, shut the fuck up, Lenny. We can't argue that. Yeah. We have to argue freedom of speech. Right. Lenny Bruce didn't even want to argue freedom of speech. That right. was a wow. lawyer. That was some asshole lawyer. <laughs> right. So here we are years later, and any time the idea of censorship gets brought up, the reason comedians bring up freedom of speech is because it's the only concept that's ever been communicated right. over this issue that's right. had any effect. But wow. you and Lenny are saying there's a higher level of reason why it's acceptable. Right. Well, what it comes down to is this. And and I, I think I should use rape jokes as the example okay, let's because do they it. get they get written about the most. They're pretty much the most offense offensive sure. to the bloggers. They they certainly make yeah. that case yeah. that, that that argument that that one topic is worse than any other yeah. and therefore it should be off limits. Yeah. And why? Well, they're going to tell you statistics about rape. They're going to tell you about rape culture. They're going to tell you about lived experiences mm-hmm. and they're going to tell you why all that information feels bad so therefore the (laughs) jokes are bad right but all of that stuff goes into one column these are why all rape jokes are the same yes they're all the same right they're all the same because this fact about rape applies to all rape jokes right and then comedians go yeah yeah we get that we're not refuting that right but there are reasons why every rape joke is different. Yeah. Can we talk about some of those reasons? Yeah. And they go, no, none of that matters. Right. It doesn't matter why the jokes are different. Don't add any information to this. Yeah. We're already telling you how we feel. Right. And we're sitting there going, yes, but maybe you would feel differently <laughs> if you had more information. We and did they not go, land on the moon. They go, what, what information do we need? Yeah, right. What, what are you going to tell me about rape that's not going to feel bad? Right. I'm not going to tell you about rape. I'm going to tell you about jokes. Somehow <laughs> in the debate over rape jokes, you want to talk about rape. I'm not going to tell you about rape. And then I want to talk about jokes. And you want to say rape is never funny. And I want to say, yes, but jokes are funny. <laughs> right. So now, philosophically, let's just leave rape aside and say, what makes jokes funny? Yeah. Can we just talk about that? Right, right, right. Let's just talk about that and gather some information. Yeah. What makes jokes funny? Timing. We all agree that timing, timing. makes jokes funny, yeah, right? That's yeah. true. Well, guess what? Timing makes a joke funny if it's a, a joke about dogs or cake or suicide or rape. It doesn't matter what the joke is. <laughs> true. <laughs> timing makes a joke funny. Right. We all agree on that. Yeah. And you, we go to the next step. You're like, well, yeah. wordplay. Wordplay makes a joke funny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's a joke about dogs or cake or suicide or rape. Wordplay yeah. works. Right. Um, why do the differences matter is the biggest question that comes up. And I would say the differences matter because that's how we judge every art form. Right. We don't judge rape paintings on why they're all the same. We look at two of them <laughs> right. and we say, what makes these two different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a movie just came out, The Girl with the, or it was a while ago now, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. You don't shit the whole movie. You don't throw out the whole movie. Right. It's part of the story. Of one thing. It's part of the fucking story. Yeah. And again, I'm not refuting your feelings about rape. Right, right. I I'm watched saying, that shit. I felt like shit watching I'm saying that movie. Your feelings are correct, and that scene was terrible. Yeah. 
what I'm saying is now we have to talk about things, you know, when, as far as movies go, about right. character development, about plot, about setting, yeah. about, uh, you mm-hmm. know, what fuels a story. We have to talk about those things right. and whether or not that scene helped those things. Right, 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 right. You know, Vladimir Nabokov wrote Lolita. Yeah. Lolita is a story about child molestation Absolutely. and child rape. And it's rape. been remade Absol- a couple yes. fucking times. And, and it's a celebrated movie. It's yes. considered a literary masterpiece. Right. <laughs> We're not saying that all stories about rape are good. We're saying that there are good stories <laughs> right. for good reasons right. with, about literature. Yeah. That also include rape. Yeah. That include bad shit. Now, when we're willing to examine those differences with painting yeah. and poetry and literature and sculpture, we as comedians say, yes, let's examine the differences with jokes. Yeah. And they go, no. No, we won't, we won't do it. No. Well, and then, then they go to uh, the next insulting level where they say, comedy's an art form. Well, fucking judge it as one. Right. Don't sit here and tell me comedy is an art form while you judge it as entertainment. Do you think mm. one of the reasons why people are sensitive to it in comedy is because the reaction is supposed to be laughter? And so right. that makes them feel like they're laughing you can't at these laugh horrible at things? This um, shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I not mean, saying they're right. No, no, no. You're, you're yeah. I think, spot on, though. I think people have some inherent fear. That right. It's like superstition almost. That it's like if I laugh at this, then I'm condoning this. Well, anytime somebody wants to tell me about comedy, I instantly just start asking questions mm-hmm. because I, I will let them talk. I let them talk all day mm-hmm. and I'll ask them questions like, well, what do you think the comedian's job is? And then they'll tell me, well, I think the comedian should provide like escapist entertainment and make us forget our problems. Uh-huh. Or they'll say, well, I think the comedian should use the stage to speak truth to power and, and <laughs> sure. say something about yeah. the world we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I always go, and, and why do you think that? Where did that come from? Right. Because there's no job description for comedian yeah. right. that tells us that. <laughs> like right. the, the boxes you're going to check. What kind of comedy? <laughs> I'm going to speak to power. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, this is something that you've chosen to heap on to every comedian you see, yeah. whether that comedian agrees right. or not. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with them. That has to do with you. Yeah, Yeah. because some of them are just like, no, I'm not here to do any. I'm just going to tell a bunch of fucking dumb fart jokes. Well, yeah. that's, that's and interesting. you're going to laugh. Right. That's, there are some comics who genuinely think of themselves is entertainment. That's it. And right. they will tell you, they're like, yeah, what I do isn't art. Right. And you go, well, it I, is. Would, I would argue with you about that, but it, it's your it's your performance we're talking about. Exactly. So why would I try to tell you that right. what you're doing is art? Right, right. right. And that's where stand-up gets weirder than, than most things because – you would because there's eight billion or there's like at least nine different types of comedy. Yeah. But you would never just go see a music show. Oh, do you want to go see some music? Right. And then not ask what kind? Yeah. Well, because it's either going to be something you love or you hate. Right. I you know. Hate reggae, the same so these way. guys suck. Right. Well, you right, know, right, right. on that, you know, when you listen to the Sex Pistols talk about their thing, yeah. You know, the singer John, he'll tell you it was him uh, speaking to power about politics and da da da. Well, you talk to Steve Jones. He's like, oh, I was in it for the pussy, mate. Right, right. <laughs> to this day. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. give a fuck about changing the right. world. And that's yeah. what makes musicians really weird is there's four of them, five <laughs> yeah, of them on exactly. stage, right. and they're all up there for different reasons. And one guy, exactly. doesn't, one guy doesn't even like the music. Yeah. He just needs a job. He just right. needs that paycheck. <laughs> he wasn't even the original drummer. <laughs> right. He's like, right. Right. I just don't even I'm just stepping yeah. in. But what's what's most frustrating when it comes to comedy is I will just keep asking questions of people and I'll say things like, 
Well, what books have you read about comedy? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to read books about comedy. No, of course not. No. Because you're just telling me how you feel. Right, right, Because right, your right. opinion is only based on your emotional response. Right. But when you go to the museum, you don't say, that rape painting makes me feel bad, so we need to take it down. Right. right. You don't do that because you're not demanding anything out of the museum. Right. You're demanding things out of the comedian. Mm-hmm. Again, that's you. Mm-hmm. And I think why comedians get so frustrated is because when we have this debate over rape jokes, it's the same exact debate we have when it comes to racist jokes mm-hmm. or AIDS mm-hmm. jokes or homophobic jokes. You're going to tell me why all transphobic jokes are bad mm-hmm. and why they're all the same. Right. And I'm going to tell you why they're all different. <laughs> right. And that's the argument every single right. time. That's true. I, right. I, never, I never even talk about this one topic. Yeah. Because I say, if you want to talk about offensive rape jokes, mm-hmm. give me an example Right. That you and I can sit down and watch together. Yeah. Don't give me some hearsay account. Exactly. True. If you're going to tell me that a joke is offensive, let's sit down and look at it. Yeah. But here's here's a theory I have. There's not a single clip on the internet where the comedian talks into a microphone and the audience laughs that actually causes controversy. Right. Because anybody that actually gets to experience it, anybody that gets that Lenny Bruce experience where they actually get to feel the joke and yeah, understand why context. it's funny. Right. Yeah. They don't find it offensive. Right. But if you just talk about jokes, if you just True. take away all the timing, take right. away all the charisma, right. take away all the context, right. and just write the joke in your blog, right. oh, well, now there's a world of, of problems. Course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um, and but then that gets really strange when it's just like I can just sit down on a computer and go, uh, I went down. to see a fucking Jack White or the White Stripes last night, and they said this. Uh-huh. He used the N-word. I could just go down and write that. True. And then yeah. now it's fact that he can be punished for. Right. True. It's weird. It's very strange. Well, it's True. this idea that people want – if you speak into a microphone, people say, well, whatever you say, you have to be held accountable for. Mm-hmm. You're accountable for your words. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but the person holding me accountable isn't, isn't ever accountable. held accountable. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. There was – there's a woman yeah. who wrote a review about my show, yeah. and uh, I was opening for a friend of mine uh-huh. in a huge venue, and uh, it was 18,000 seats. I had never done a venue that Whoa. big. I'd never done yeah, an arena. Yeah, yeah. That's rock That's stars. Huge. And so I didn't know how to play that. You know when you've yeah, only yeah, done yeah. like comedy clubs, and then you move into theaters? Right. Yeah, you didn't you even go, have a transition. That's How huge. do I figure out 3,500 seats versus 300? How do I do that? Yeah. And sure. I've learned those lessons. Right. But when you go up to 18,000, before that, I think the biggest I had ever played was 6,000. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this is three times bigger. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to control that crowd, be a leader in that scenario. Dude, that's actually a big rock show. So I'm trying to <laughs> yeah, figure it out. a huge band. So first of all, six thousand is huge. That's six huge. Is huge. <laughs> Eighteen thousand. Yeah. There's three balconies. Yeah. And by the way, when somebody's heckling you from the third balcony right. in the back, Dude, you don't even know God. it. You don't even know. There's no way for you to know. That whole section could be screaming. <laughs> right. You have no idea. You have zero. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out this new environment that me as a professional oh. has never been in, and. Uh, um, I did they, – they told me do about 20, 25. Whew. If I hit something that I really love, I can get off early if I feel like it. Yeah. No pressure. It was one of the nicest – Cool. They're like, yeah, you're opening, but we want this to be a good experience for yeah. you. Um, so I look down at my watch, and I've done roughly 27 minutes, and I oh. go, fuck, I, I got to close. 
Right. So I tell a joke, get a huge laugh, and I get the hell off. Damn. And you know what? Nobody complained. Nobody complained about yeah. 27 minutes. Not a problem. And I know it was 27 minutes because I have tape of it. Right. Okay. So the woman reviewing the show said Ryan Stout got on stage and did 10 minutes of mediocre comedy. And then... And, and that was the end of the review as far as my portion went. She right. reviewed right, right, right. the headliner of the show. But I'm like, if you couldn't even get something as objective as time correctly. Right. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. Ten minutes is not 27 minutes. And by the way, if I made <laughs> it feel like ten minutes, ten I was prop. slaughtering. You were killing. Yeah, you were yeah. killing yeah. it. I made a whole sitcom Seriously. feel like ten minutes. Yeah, no, that's yeah, brilliant. Uh, I was, you couldn't even get time correct. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah. would we expect you to get something so subjective as comedy correct? Right. I've always told people three minutes doesn't sound long until you're on stage <laughs> and a whole room full of people are just fucking staring at you. Yeah. 27 minutes is a Goddamn eternity! I got a review that uh, the show I did in St. Louis, and I don't like to read about myself on the internet, but some, but like two or three people were like, "Hey, saw you were in St. Louis," uh-huh. and I go, "They're like, yeah, they wrote about you." So I read it, and the dude just like trashes me, uh. right? Just trashes me to the point where I thought the show must have sucked. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I go back there, and I, and the, and I'm talking to this kid that lives there. He, he's a, he's a fan of mine. He donated a lot of this equipment, and I was like. Uh, I was like, yeah, because I guess the first show I did there with Tosh, I was like, I guess I, I did bad or something. He goes, dude, that's why I'm a fan of yours. He was like, you crushed that show. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? So that's how powerful these guys are. Even I believed it. Yeah, you're like, I was there. <laughs> I, I experienced it. And I'm like, maybe my experience was wrong. But that's a level of humility that you right, have right, right, that right. these bloggers don't. Yeah. They go, my experience is correct. Right. And nobody right. can change that. Nobody yeah, can yeah, ever yeah. take it away, even with all of their facts. Right. Because I think one thing you and I got talking about at the improv the other yeah. night was uh, – Exactly what we're talking about. This whole idea of false accusations. Now, when you say the word false accusations, talking about rape jokes, yeah, people immediately sure. jump on the idea that false accusations when it comes to rape are extremely rare. <laughs> but again, they're talking about rape. I want to talk about jokes. Every comedian right. has been falsely accused right. of saying things on stage they did not ever say. Right. Ever. For sure. Yeah, I can think sure. of I, – I was in St. Louis. Okay. I was in St. Louis at that club, and yeah. afterward a guy came up and he was like, dude, that was great. That golf joke you did was incredible. Exactly. And I went, sir, thank you. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, but I did not do any golf jokes. Yeah. And he went, yeah, you did that whole thing about the, the back nine and the sand trap. And I said – um, I would love to take credit, but that was not me. And he said, that was you. And I went, hang on a second. And I called over my feature act. I said, hey, did you do a golf joke tonight? He said, yeah. I said something about the back nine, the sand traps. He goes, yeah. And I look at this audience member and I point at my feature act and I go, that was him. Yeah. And this audience member sighs and he looks at me and he like pokes his finger. He doesn't touch my chest, but like he's poking yeah. me in the chest. He was like, that was you. <laughs> Oh my God! And I'm like, you don't believe two people telling you. And and let me second that 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 is one of the most common things that happens after a stand-up show. At uh-huh. least one person will come up to you yeah. and go, "That joke about this, that, and the other was great." They think it was you. Yeah. So they take every if they liked you, 
They, they took everything they liked about the show and put it on you. Right. 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 And the, that's how crazy memories are, it, perception wow. and alcohol and yeah, everything. It's, it's you a know? psychological phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think somebody said it was it's called crypto memory, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that's okay. true or not. <laughs> right. Um, I think somebody smart told me that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we I haven't done any research on it. Yeah. But then uh, but it feels right, doesn't it, Ryan? It feels, it feels right. sounds good. <laughs> I, and if you said they're smart, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with information you. about that may not be right. Don't right, believe right, that shit. Um, but that guy just wouldn't wouldn't believe that he was wrong. Wow. Now later that same week, there's this woman yeah. who complains after the show. Um, here's the thing: um, my feature act, sweetest guy, yeah, totally self-deprecating. Uh-huh. He doesn't attack the audience at uh-huh. all, right? Um, and and the opening act is some new kid. He's he's just trying out. He's just getting sure. his legs underneath yeah. him. And this woman in the front row, maybe in her fifties or sixties, gray hair. Larger lady with mm. her husband. She heckles the whole time. Oh. <laughs> the whole time. And every time she heckles my feature act, well, every time she heckled the opening act, he yeah. just kind of like froze and he was like, yeah. okay, ma'am. And he just went on with his act. Because right. he's a nice guy. He wasn't like going to tear he her. He had no skills. He's not going to tear her down. Oh, right. Yeah. He doesn't know how to shut her up. Right. Now, the middle act is self-deprecating. So every time she attacks him, he makes fun of himself. Right. So now she she's convinced that this is helping the show. Oh, she's part of the show. Yeah. But he's not really engaging with her. Right. He's just constantly putting it on himself. But then, right. of course, there's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Mr. Ryan Stout. Yes! Because <laughs> this has been going on the whole show. And you're like, all right, bitch. And audience members are getting annoyed with her. Right. Oh, so yeah, as soon as she interrupts me, I was like, ma'am, you've been talking the whole show, and you haven't gotten one laugh once. Not once. You have not facilitated laughter. And I, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm saying that you, you've not, you haven't brought anything to the table. And uh, you're starting to annoy the people around you. Now, again, I have no problem with that, but these people will bludgeon you to death. I'm sure of it. And uh, that's all I said to her. And I went on with my act. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing the show, and she's just sitting there. Not talking, staring Fumed. me down, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm making her a husband laugh. <laughs> He's like, nobody ever shuts this bitch up. But this this woman's already decided you've ruined my yep. experience, right. and I feel bad about you. Yeah, wow. And so nothing you say can be funny. Sure. Right. So she comes up to me afterward, and she has she's had roughly one bucket of beers to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call that a six pack. And. Uh, <laughs> She, That's the worst phenomenon. <laughs> Let's a throw some ice in a bucket and put beers in there. <laughs> she comes up to me afterward and she says, I cannot believe that you made fun of me for my weight the whole time you were on stage. Wow. Whoa. And I said, ma'am, I didn't speak to you once other than to tell you your heckling was inappropriate. She said, yes, you did. Yes, you, you made fun of me the whole time. Mm-hmm. I said, ma'am, I videotape all of my shows. Yeah. I have evidence that I didn't make fun of you. She said, yes, you did. I paid good money to sit up front and have VIP treatment, and you made fun of my weight the whole time. Wow. And that's what she believes happened. Right. Wow. And I said, ma'am, the manager's right there. You can talk to him. Yeah. And she turns around. I have no contract with you. Right. <laughs> she yeah. turns around. She puts her hand on the manager's shoulder. She says, he was making fun of me. And the manager slaps her arm off of him. <laughs> And says, ma'am, you're drunk. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck That's out of here. That's fantastic. But my point is this. That woman gets to go home and write a blog right. about Ryan sure. Stout made fun of my weight his entire show. Right. Yes. And I don't remember what he said, but this is what 
this is what I think he said, and no just write recourse. some write some jokes down that are going to suck. And all you can say is, no, I and didn't. the internet is going to explode and yeah. say Ryan Stout is a fat hater, right? Because while I'm being held accountable for my words, words that I didn't even say, yeah, she's not accountable for anything. That's true. Um, the the thing with the whole Daniel Tosh thing fascinates me the most right. on this particular issue. Yeah. Because we don't even know who that girl was. Right. right. Still the don't. girl who wrote the blog even said, I'm writing this blog on behalf of my friend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who oh my so God. Second is hand? this about? So her friend was at well, the Well, they show. were both there. Oh. But it was her, her friend, friend who, felt bad. who yelled out and whatever. I mean. Wow. And maybe and maybe that's convoluted in my mind, too, because this story has been copied and pasted so sure. many times on the internet and where we don't even know what the original story was I've even anymore. heard him talk about it, and I still can't remember exactly how right. it goes because yeah. there's so many different stories. Right, 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 you right. Know? But every comic has that where they said something on stage. And then somebody goes, that was terrible, and that was awful. Yeah. And you go, wait, that wasn't even said. <laughs> there was a woman at the Comedy Magic Club who went to the owner and went, that guy in the suit, he, he talked about stringing up a midget. <laughs> stringing up. <laughs> so this is, this is me. And, and I, I never used the word midget, so now yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 a, that's her word. Right. That's a hateful word. Right. right. So this is a hate crime now. I'm murdering a little person. <laughs> In, in a lynching style manner. <laughs> right, right. So this is loaded emotionally. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he strung up a midget, and when he cut it open, candy spilled out. And I don't think that's appropriate. And I don't think you should have that in your club. And the owner talked to the manager, and the manager went, Ryan, I don't know what was said, but uh, um, this is what the complaint was. And fortunately, that club tapes all their shows. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I told the manager, I said, you just watch the tape. <laughs> I didn't even have to refute. I did not no. have to defend myself because no. there's evidence. Yeah. You just watch the tape. Right. That, that'll tell you exactly what I said. And he went, yeah, don't worry about it. Because he knew. He was like, yeah, people are crazy. Yeah, exactly. People get to complain. But if that woman went to the blogs, sure. I don't get to tell the bloggers, right. watch the Go tape. watch the tape. Right. And by the way, maybe that's not tape that I want out there anyway. Maybe I wasn't happy with something that right. happened. Sure. Maybe the laughs weren't that big that particular show. Maybe you're still working on your midget joke. Maybe my <laughs> joke about a little person committing suicide <laughs> right. Right. and then being treated like a pinata is something different than what she thought. Exactly. And yeah. maybe it's not finished. Maybe whatever. Right. But I'm being held accountable for well, her feelings. This podcast isn't – I mean it's finished but it's not. I want you to come back because we can talk about this forever and we have to learn about how you did or did not get out of a parking ticket. Yeah, because we talked about that. Um, unfortunately, I got to go to my um, – Yeah. I got to go to a general oh. with my agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to reintroduce yourself. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming by, Ryan. Yeah, thank um, you. And uh, oh, definitely. Uh, thanks for listening to the Full Charge Power Hour. Hey.